Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on the second Sunday of Advent, a Sunday in which we present ourselves to the Lord so that he will prepare our heart for the coming of his son. Before we begin our worship this morning, just a couple things for you. A reminder that if you would like to order poinsettias, they are due. That order form is due today. So make sure we get that in today if you would like some. Also a reminder that we will decorate the church this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Uh, if you're available and free, please join us. So we always have a good time decorating. Following the decoration, uh, you're invited to come back to the parsonage and share snacks and drinks with us and, and hang out with us for the afternoon. Are there any announcements or any prayer requests? Yeah, Russ. Um, in your mailbox, I'm sorry to be a pain, but we're going to start, I'm going to start working on updating our directory. So in your mailbox is this little piece of paper. And would you please check it and see if your address is right that I take down here at the bottom or your phone number or anything, your email has changed, fill it out and put it either give it to me in the office or put it in the offering plate. I would appreciate it. And also the 2023 offering envelopes are out in the upper uh, narthex here. Grab yours, grab your relatives, and if there's none there for you and you want them, let me know and I'll get you one. All right, thank you. Any other announcements or prayer requests? Yeah, Judy. Um, Joyce Wharton needs to have back surgery on Thursday, so I'd like to pray. Okay, it's Joyce. Yeah. Yeah, Marcia. This afternoon at 2 o'clock at the Herod Veteran Park, they're going to be doing the Polar Express, and that's the two trains. The kids can go inside the caboose and uh, talk to Santa, and then they have cho hot chocolate and cookies for them, and I think a little surprise for them, but it's, they've been okay. doing it now for about three years, and the kids love going in the caboose. Yeah. All right. So 2 o'clock, Santa is coming to Herod. Two to four. Okay. All right, if there's nothing else, I'll invite you then to take a moment to quiet your hearts and quiet your minds as we listen to the prelude and prepare for worship.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, nurture our growth as people of repentance and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. A shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth 
and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lying and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear graze. The young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall, pl put, shall play over the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put its hand over the adder's den. <clears throat> they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling will be glorious. The Lord, word of the Lord. Today we'll be in tone the psalm. A reading from Romans. Whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore, I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his peoples. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, the one who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locust and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along with Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we all know that Advent is the season of preparation. We are preparing for the coming of Christ. We prepare for the nativity, and we prepare for the return of Christ on the last day. 
And most of the time, we probably, I think, have the wrong idea about what it means to prepare. We tend to think that preparing means being good. So at the second coming, Jesus will find us to be good boys and girls. In some ways, we treat the advent of Christ like we treat the coming of Santa Claus. Right? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. And so if we've been crying and pouting, we risk being put on the naughty list. I've heard this image over and over uh, throughout my adult life in describing Advent, that Advent is like cleaning up your house before an important guest comes over. We've got to make sure everything's organized and nice and neat and clean. And so I've been told that Advent is about cleaning our house up spiritually so Jesus doesn't find us spiritual messes. Well, to be clear, this is not what we mean when we say that now is the time of preparation. And the first reason I say this is because first, Jesus has already come to your house and he's already found it to be a mess. He's found it to be a spiritual mess. There's no spiritual sweeping things under the rug. Jesus already knows. To him, all hearts are open, all desires known, and from him no secrets are hid. When we hear that we are to be prepared for the advent of our Lord, we are not being advised to get to work to fix ourselves because that ship has sailed. We can't fix ourselves. When John the Baptist prepares people for, coming, for the coming of the Messiah, that is Jesus, he has one message for them, which is repent. Believe it or not, how to understand that word repent was at the very heart of why Luther wrote his 95 Thesis and at the very heart of what spurred the Reformation and gave us the Lutheran Church because Luther believed that that word repent had long been misunderstood. The Greek word that is translated as repent is the word metanoia. And so you might hear two Greek roots in that word meta, which suggests change or transformation, like metamorphosis is change. And then the root noia, which suggests mind. See, repentance is about transformation. It's a transformation of mind or heart or inner being. John the Baptist, when he says repent, is saying be transformed. So in Luther's day, the Bible most everyone used in Europe was the Latin Vulgate edition. And so the Latin edition translated that Greek metanoia as do penance. So it was understood that John the Baptist was telling people to do penance to prepare for the coming Messiah. And so Luther took issue because the message of repentance was being used to justify selling indulgences and all kinds of abuses because a buying an indulgence was supposedly a way to show that you were really sorry for your sins. That was doing penance. But that missed the point. John wasn't telling people to do penance to show that they were contrite and sorry for their sins. He was telling them it was time to be transformed. Be transformed. And of course, transforming yourself is a tall order. In fact, it's really something that's impossible. You can't change who you are or what you are. Self-help books may help you in some superficial ways. Right? There are strategies that might help you get more work done to be more productive. There are tactics to help you figure out how to live healthier lives, how to have better habits, and so on. 
But those things truly don't change who we are. They don't change our inner being. They don't transform us. Because we can't do that. We're unable to do that. Only God can transform us. And so when John the Baptist says, be transformed, when he says, repent, he is talking about something that God does to us and for us. Specifically, John was telling them that they needed to be transformed in the waters of the baptism that he was offering. Repentance and baptism happen together. They're connected. True repentance happens at baptism because it's right at baptism where we are transformed. Baptism's not just a symbol. It's not just a ritual. Baptism is not just a confession of faith and a commitment that you make. Rather, baptism transforms you because baptism is what God does to you and for you. For example, in the book of Romans, the apostle Paul puts it like this. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. In baptism, we're raised to live a new life. In other words, we are transformed. And so we see this also in our gospel reading from Matthew 3. John baptizes those who come to him, and then they confess their sins. Well, that confession is the transformation. This is the repentance. It's entirely tied up to what God is doing in the waters of John's baptism. Because God gives us the ability to come to him. It's all passive from our heart. God draws us entirely to himself. He makes us aware of our sins. He makes us sorry and contrite. He gives us a heart that seeks after him. That's entirely the work of God. As Luther says in the Catechism, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in true faith. When the people heard John the Baptist preaching, what they were hearing was really the gospel. That's not often how we think of John the Baptist or how we often hear John. We often think of him as harsh and stern as a stern prophet living out in the wilderness, living an austere life. But when the people heard John's message, what they heard was that God was coming to save them. God was transforming them. And they were transformed by that word of the gospel. They received it in the waters of baptism. And they confessed their sins because they were given new hearts by God, a God who wants to save them and transform them. And so John says the Messiah is coming. Christ is coming. The Messiah you anticipate and look forward to is coming to save you. And John says he's going to baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. In other words, he's going to finish this transformation by pouring out God's Spirit on you. Christ is coming to fully save you. And so we go back to our original question what does it mean to prepare for the advent of our Lord? What does it mean to be transformed? First, we remember that we have been transformed. While well, even today we continue to be transformed because we have been baptized into the water of God's word. Every day that you wake up, 
you are living into that baptism in which you were united to Christ. Again, the catechism says of baptism that it indicates that the old Adam in us should be daily contrite and show repentance by being drowned and dying with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. In other words, we are transformed by what God does for us. God gives us daily contrite hearts. God teaches us daily to see our sins. And it's God who gives us the fruits of righteousness and holiness that show good works. John lives severely and austerely just to make that point. Remember that John the Baptist is a Levite. That means he's of the tribe that should be in the temple. John should be a priest doing the sacrificial rituals of the priest in the temple. Part of his livelihood should be made in Jerusalem. But John removes himself far from that life. He removes himself far from Jerusalem. And he doesn't act as a priest. He isn't connected to the temple. Instead, we see John in the wilderness. And John, I think, is making the point that it's not the works of law that are going to transform God's people. Rather, it's the word of the gospel that reaches their heart. It's that metanoia. It's that repentance. And that's why John criticizes the Pharisees and the Sadducees so harshly. He sees them, in them the firm belief that an institution is going to save them. Right? These Pharisees and the Sadducees, as we'll find out later in the gospel, don't really believe that they need a savior. Right? They think that they have the law. They think that they can follow the law themselves, that they're good enough. And so they don't need transformation. And so these Pharisees are coming to John the Baptist, not because they know they need transformation, but they come to him as almost a curiosity. Right? Who is this strange guy out in the wilderness? What does he think he's doing? Well, what we see is that John is preaching the gospel. John is preaching that there is a Messiah coming to save the world from its sins. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees are skeptical that they have any need for a Savior. What are their sins, they think? We don't have sins. And we'll see in the Gospels that the Pharisees and the Sadducees believe that Christ should be the one to take up arms against the people they think are sinners. And they miss the point that their hearts need transformation. They are left with hearts that wonder who is the Messiah, and they don't live in the hope of the one who is coming. And so I hope, however, we have a different gospel this morning. Because we have that word of repentance, that word of metanoia. We have the word of transformation. God gives us new hearts so that we may love him, and so that we may have the forgiveness of sins and the amendment of life. And so the work of preparation and Advent is truly the work of God. It's not our work. The work of Advent is not cleaning up before Santa Claus comes to town. Rather, the work of Advent is receiving the gift. Preparation and Advent is about looking back at our baptisms and saying, it's there there that God made me new. It's there that God gave me this gift of repentance. 
preparation in Advent is about receiving Holy Communion and knowing that it's Christ who brings you forgiveness of sins. You are made prepared to receive the Lord. It's all his work. He does the cleaning up. He does the transformation. He does it all. And so we rejoice during Advent because it's all a gift given to us. And that's why we sing weekly, rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. God comes to us. We don't first come to him, but he comes to us. He gives us the word of repentance. He is the one who transforms us. Amen. Together, let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, 
pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Holy God, you prepared the way for your son by the ministry of your servant John. Now prepare our hearts to listen to all the prophets you sent to prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed their warnings, receiving the forgiveness of sins, and living in hope so that we may joyfully meet Christ at his return. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on humanity. Take away the hatred which infects our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love. And work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purpose on earth. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty and ever-living God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, hear our prayers for this community, strengthen the faithful, awake the careless, and restore those who are weak in the faith. Grant us all things necessary for a life and community with one another, and bring us all to be of one heart and mind within your church. Lord, in your mercy. O God, our true King, Bless the leaders of our land, including our President Joseph, our Governor Richard Michael, our Congress and our judges, and grant them wisdom to live out their vocations faithfully. Bless our land that we may be a, peop a people grateful for your many blessings. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort all who are in sorrow or need, sickness or adversity, especially Steve, Owen, Sandy, Tana, Ron, Phil, Judy, Carol, Amanda, Brad, Marilyn, Nancy, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Alan, and Joyce. Grant them a measure of your love, taking them into your tender care. Lord, in your mercy. We remember with thanksgiving those who have loved and served in your church and who now rest from their labors. Keep us in fellowship with all of your saints and bring us at last to the joy of the coming of your Son. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, grant to us, dear Father, for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us pray. God of abundance, we bring before you the precious fruits of your creation, and with them our very lives. Teach us patience and hope as we care for all of those in need until the coming of your Son, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes to judge the world in righteousness. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending
Holy One, the beginning and the end, the giver of life. Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophet's hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. Blessed are you for your son Jesus, the word made flesh. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth and his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us, bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people, fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. All praise and glory are yours. Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Serve the Lord.